Chapter one, take two. Two. Nice. Nice. Friday, April 8th. 78 days. Magdalena and I had a long talk about the real connection between people. Is it our religion? The color of our skin? The money in our pockets? We were discussing away, and all of a sudden the girls started congregating one by one, including the two new ones who have replaced Miriam and Dulce. Everybody contributing their ideas. And it wasn't just the usual Sina and Isela and Violetta and Delia. The educated women talking. Even Valbina knew something was up and came and sat right in front of me so she could watch my mouth. I spoke real slow for her to understand that we were talking about love. Love among us women. There is something deeper. Sometimes I really feel it in here, especially late at night. A current going among us like an invisible needle, stitching us together into the glorious free nation we are becoming. Kia ora koutou, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Chapter 1, Take 2, the podcast where we read the book, watch the film, and discuss the adaptation. My name is Maddie. My name is Brianna. And we are doing our final episode for Season 2 today, female-led literature and film. That's not to say we won't, obviously... Keep covering that. And, ma- and always <clears throat> make that an effort for mm. our writers. Um, today's episode is In the Time of the Butterflies. I can't think of a happier time in my life than my childhood with my sisters in Ojo de Agua. For decades, the Dominican Republic was ruled by one man. President Trujillo. By Julia Alvarez. Julia Alvarez. Um, originally written in 1994. Film made in 2001. You look sad, man. Ah, yes. <coughs> Uh, I really love historical fiction. I really loved, um, gosh. Would you have said that you loved historical fiction before meeting me? No, not at all. I'm so glad I could introduce it to you. Yeah, you absolutely have. What, um, why has it gone out of my head? What did we cover last episode? Half the Yellow Sun by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Yeah. They're obviously about completely different, um situations mm-hmm. and in completely different countries but they're both just such powerful well-written books absolutely um about incredible women i um but these ones are real yeah yeah so they these the mirabel sisters the four of them <clears throat> patria dede minerva and maria teresa are all real we're all real women. is dede older than minerva mm-hmm Oh. And then Maria Therese is the youngest. Yeah. By quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know how you can summarize this, but do you want to try and give our lovely listeners a summary before we dive in? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to focus mostly on the book. Okay, great. And I'll try and cover some of the high points. So the, f- the book opens uh, with Dede, the only surviving... Um, Mirabelle's sister being interviewed and she's a little bit tired (laughs) Um, and she launches into the story and she starts with this story before the troubles began of um, the four sisters and their parents just chatting and um, the dad makes a prediction that um, Dede will be a millionaire and the one to bury them all and the one to bury them all 
And then he goes on to not really predict anyone else's. And um, Dede realizes that hers is the only prediction that is kind of potentially real or realistic. Uh, and she has this sense that she's going to be left alone. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, this is a fictional retelling and this is um, uh, not all fact. But it's a really great moment to frame the story in. And yeah. then we get kind of launched into um, the four sisters' earlier childhood. They go to a school called Immaculada Concepcion. Um, Immaculate and, Conception. Yes. Uh, it's a Catholic school. <laughs> and my white British accent. Yes. Sorry. Um, and uh, Minerva wants to be a lawyer. We know that from kind of the outset. Yep. And she is kind of immediately, she's the first one who, who becomes aware and has an awakening about um, what's going on in her country. And that is that uh, Rafael Trujillo, who is considered their benefactor and savior, is actually a dictator who kills, rapes, uh, and, and just in general tortures his citizens if they oppose him. Yeah, from, and, and he, he, his reign of terror was from 19... 19- 30 until 1961 in the Dominican, Dominic, Dominican Republic. Yes. Um, Minerva learns this through her friend, Sunita, who's had every single male in her family murdered by Trujillo. Yep. And she was, in the book, she witnessed her brother being murdered. Yes. Um, and that kind of launches the sisters, starting with Minerva, onto a path that will eventually lead to them being part of the underground resistance. And not just part of it, but major orchest- parts, yeah, yeah. orchestrators of it. Um, another significant event that gets talked about in the book and also in the film is um, Minerva and her sisters, as well as her father, are in to- invited into a party um, at Trujillo's, one of Trujillo's mansions, and Minerva is kind of singled out, and this is quite a common uh, routine, is that beautiful women are singled out by Trujillo and are expected to sleep with him and um, enjoy his gifts and fawn over him, uh, but Minerva doesn't. And she opposes him. There are, in the book and the film, it's depicted that Minerva slaps Trujillo when he makes advances. There are rumors that this happened, but nobody can confirm whether or not it did happen. Um, but he definitely made advances and she was overheard to be arguing with him about his politics. Uh, and so kind of she sort of sets the motion for her family to be in Trujillo's sight. Yeah. And therefore subject to his terror. The first thing that happens is their father gets arrested and then tortured. Yeah. Um, and he quickly dies after being released from prison because of that torture. Absolutely. And um, then Minerva kind of gets the opportunity to go to law school, which she's always wanted. Uh, but after graduating, um, Trio doesn't allow her to get a practicing license. So um, she's not actually allowed to practice law, even though she graduated at the top of her class. Uh, and that happened in real life as well. Um, and was she, she was the first woman, wasn't she? Or was it? I don't know if she was the first woman. I didn't find any confirmation about that. It doesn't doesn't seem that way in the book. Yeah, it doesn't seem that way in the book. In the film, it's implied that women aren't even allowed to go to law school. So that's why I'm asking. But yeah. Um, Then the next sister to really join the ranks is Maria Teresa, um, who gets involved um, with a distribution scheme and um, 
that's how she meets her husband Palomino, um, which is that's his code name. His real name is uh, Leandro, um, and then Patria is the next one to get involved. She helps his sisters hide uh, contraband. Yep. And Dede wants Dede goes fluctuates between wanting to be um, like really involved and not wanting to be involved because she's scared. Yeah. Well, she never um, felt like. She has the same courage as her sisters, even though the book is written in such a beautiful way that we get the internal monologue of each of the sisters through a different, um, like... Chapters. Um, Mate writes a diary, and that we get mm. to read her perspective from that. But yeah, we get um, different chapters, which isn't what's done in the film. It's mainly based around Minerva. Yeah. But I really enjoyed that aspect of the book because it, it for me... It really showed all the different complications and nuances of day-to-day life and, like, the different things that push and pull people to make the decisions that they make. What I wrote, and this kind of sums up my feelings, just to jump into it um, in my notes, uh, was that in the book you're given the chance to fall in love with who the women are as people, their hopes, dreams, and struggles outside of the revolution. They are all forced into it by necessity so that they might lead a life not haunted by Trujillo's dictatorship. It makes their eventual murder that much more tragic because you see everything that they've lost. That they've lost. Yeah. Not well, that's been taken from. Not them. just the country of freedom, but the family and yeah. and and the the domestic life that they did want to lead and the careers that they wanted to lead. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, just to jump right into it, I I don't feel like the film captured, like it was it was good, and you know I'm always glad when films. How would you rate it on a one to ten? I don't know, like a three or a four. It still upset me. It impacted me because I, you know, especially, but I, I didn't think it was shot particularly well. Like I know it was made in 2001, but I didn't like all the slow-mos. I, I know it didn't have a lot of a budget. Like it, details are hard to find because it was a film released straight to TV, but it didn't have much more of a budget than a normal telenovela episode. So they did really well in that regard. But I, 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 I don't know. It, it didn't seem... Um, as full or as complete as I wanted it to be. And it didn't make me emotional, which it absolutely should have because it's such a tragic story. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I would give it a five because I think I'm going to give it five for um, wanting to carry the heart but not having the strength to lift the story. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> the way that the film and the book both end is that um, the, what's the general's name? Pena? Pene? It's, well, I think it's pronounced Pena because of the little squiggly macaron above, above the A. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um, he, and his character was quite different in the film as well. Like, at the end it's almost implied. He, he, he seems more sympathetic in the film than he is in the book. Yeah. In the book he definitely varies between being sympathetic and then like, like, well, it, it, it's clear in the book that his sympathies are a manipulation and nothing Yeah, to more. try and get, um, Patria to sleep with him. Hmm. Yeah. And so one night, um, and it's, Brie and I talked about this a lot after finishing the novel, like, you know what's coming because you know the end already, but it's just, you want to be like, no, don't go. Cause yeah. it's like, it's like, you know, you could change fate. Um, but Minerva, uh, Patria and Mate go to visit their husbands, which have all been moved um, and put together. Yeah. This is after they released from. Prison. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, Patria's husband's somewhere else, but she's coming with her sisters to visit their husbands. 
Yeah. And um, it's ultimately an ambush, and the sisters are bludgeoned to death, which is revolting. I believe they're strangled in the book. They are strangled, but... They're definitely beaten as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, I think strangling, strangling is, is the cause Yeah, they talk about fingerprints around the neck and that kind of thing. But then they're put back into the car with their driver, who was also murdered, and pushed off a cliff to make it look like an accident, but it's very apparent very quickly. Um, and kind of, kind of later on in the book, it talks about if the murderers were convicted, but it didn't matter anyway because everyone was, re- was released or something under a new regime. Like... I think they escaped. They oh, oh, sure, there was maybe like a big jailbreak. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. So that happened, and um, it didn't make me cry, but it just made me real depressed. But, uh, it, but it also, like, whenever I read books like this and, um, you know, Half of a Yellow Sun, I'm sitting on my <laughs> fluffy couch <laughs> with my electric heated blanket and... My white face, um, and I don't know what I want to say, but it, it, it's just, it's almost surreal. Like it feels, it feels both like I'm experience, like I'm being told these stories and I'm being affected by them, but it seems almost in a, a dream or a, a different life because um, New Zealand appears to me to be a very free dem- democracy. Um, obviously it's the system is still very flawed and there's systematic racism and it's not um, perfect by any means but it's you know I, I definitely do not feel fear for my life from the government you know I as a as someone with a vagina I do worry about murder and that kind of thing which is separate um, it's still a problem but yeah just like hearing gunshots or you know worried about a raid being able to talk freely in our own house and criticize the government. Absolutely. Even saying that, I can't help but think about the dawn raids, which happened to the Pacific Island people of New Zealand. And that's, you know, maybe that's something slightly comparable, a group of people being prejudiced. But yeah, I, re- I loved, I thought the book was written so well. Um, Julia Oliveres is a wonderful writer. And I thought it was amazing the way that she captured each sister's voice obviously and she writes about it in the book that you know she did her best and it's it is historical fiction like she doesn't have a relationship with the sisters and her family was part of was one of the families that you know um escaped Hmm. um to america yeah yeah i Um, really love the book as well i think there are so many interesting themes in the book that aren't present in the film just like with um especially with day day being the one to tell the story and that being yeah. her version of martyrdom and um yeah that's really interesting and because Dede marries her cousin which um Brie and I were talking about isn't that uncommon but basically and also very normal yeah well it's legal in New Zealand to marry your first cousin yeah. um which some people find hard to believe when I tell them that fun fact it's a fun fact I like to bring up because people apparently there's enough genetic variation that it's not that big of a deal yeah I mean like we're not related. Who cares? <laughs> People can do what they want. Consenting adults can do what they want. Um, but basically, it's an interesting thing where, like, I really enjoy the humanity in the novel and hearing about all the different sisters' relationships with their husbands and the and the and the, the nuances. Like, I love that they're dealing with infidelity. Yeah. You but, know, and, and 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 things like that, and like um, I I I, I the one of the ba- pa- Patria's one of Patria's children die, 
Um, yeah. If she loses her baby, she, and her she husband her quite someone. quite coldly says, "We'll just try again and make another one." Yeah, and then and then so you harsh. see her struggle with her faith, and you see her struggle with her relationship, and how um, her husband, uh, yeah. whose name is Pedro, his grief takes a different form um, than her grief does, yeah, and, and, and they, and they de- struggle to get on the same page about it and yeah. like communicate. But and she describes bringing him back to earth. Yeah. And I love that. Like, for me, as a, a big lesbian, gay, non-binary thing, I sometimes... Lesbian, gay, non-binary thing. That's me. Just everybody, like, let's take a second and let that sink in. That's what I am. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. how I see myself. I, you know, sometimes I feel very little interest in heteronormative relationships, right? Yeah. But I, I really appreciated the depth that we got, because it's not a very long book. No. Um, but I feel like we get so much heart and soul and like, yeah, heart and soul. We see so much growth from all of the women. Yeah. And I, like, especially Maria Teresa from her fretting over what pair of shoes to wear to church yeah. and whether or not if she wears her new pair of shoes, she'll offend her mother because her mother bought her the other pair of shoes, <laughs> you know, like to, to being someone who was integral to an underground resistance to a dictator, like. Yeah. That's a huge jump, and that's because we meet her quite young, and we lose a little bit of that, and the relationships and lives of all the sisters. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I, which is a bit disappointing. It is a bit disappointing, and I... I feel like the, the film could have been longer. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I was that so, felt more like a 90-minute film, and I would have been and it, and quite happy to have a two-and-a-half-hour film yeah, out of that. It was 91 minutes, and I agreed. I felt like it was really short. Like, um, Half of a Yellow Sun was longer, um, because books like this... They they have so much detail yeah. that they just need to be. In I've seen film. so many war soldier films that are like ages long. Yeah, and what like nineteen eighteen? Yeah, these women should get a longer like. Story. I would have loved to have seen the narrative told from each sister's perspective. Absolutely, I would have absolutely loved that. I, yeah, I definitely think the film. Like, I'm always happy that films like this are made because they reach an, a wider audience for people who might not read the book. But I definitely, um, I don't think it did the book justice at all. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm a little bit crushed because I love, like, I, so I always, I, this is pretty common, but I pretty much always finish the book before Maddie does. Um, and You always finish before Maddie. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Maddie just snuck in a sex joke. <laughs> This is not the time or place, although this book is quite saucy. Saucy? Um, Sorry, sorry. But change the mood up. Sorry about about that. Um, And I was just, oh, I was itching for Maddie to finish it because I fell completely in love with the characters. I started, like, looking up every podcast I could listen to about them I wanted to read. Like, if I had time, I would read a biography about them. I'm just, I'm enamored by them. They're my new heroes. I... We almost didn't do this book. Like, it was always on the the list, but I was struggling so hard to find a copy of it in town that um, we almost didn't do it. And, I, and then I did find one at my university library. Um, and and I'm so we glad... we couldn't find an audiobook or anything of it. No, yeah. Um, I'm so glad that we found it. I'd love for this to get another, like, mm. wave of fans. Yeah, do you know it's banned in some schools because of the diagram of how to build a bomb? Ugh. It seems silly. It's ridiculous because that can definitely be found on the internet now. Absolutely. So it's also an incredibly simple diagram. Like it does not give you nearly enough information. Nearly enough information. If you're going to make a bomb, 
You'll figure it out, regardless of whether or not it's in that book. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I I felt connected to the sisters when I finished this book. When they get released from prison, I knew the outcome of the story, and like you said, like I just like watching the Titanic sink. I, I want to scream, you know, stay like, home. Yeah, stay yeah. home. Don't get on the don't get on the boat. Uh, but you know they're gonna get in the car. And the whole time, this they they make several more trips to visit their husbands in the book than they do in the film. Yeah, and that builds that dramatic irony and and um, yeah, they, they the tension. They they somewhat feel a bit apprehensive driving home at night time on that final trip, but they've made it so many times before that they feel a little a little bit like it's it wouldn't happen to them. It yeah, hasn't happened. It, so it wouldn't exactly. And like they're just rumors and everything like that. And yeah, it's happening. And even now, just talking about like I feel that same sort of tension in my chest. Like I'm like, please just don't go. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I. What do you think about um, the 25th of November, 1960, was the day they were murdered? Yeah. What do you think about um, it being the international day for women? Um, Anti, what is like it? Like anti-women against violence. Women Anti-violence against, against women. women. Yeah, that's the, those are the organization of those words. Yeah. What do you think about that? It's weird to me. I mean, it's, it is and it's not. Like, it's weird to me for them to be attached to that. Um, because when I think of violence against women, I... I, I More domestic. Yeah, domestic state, rape, like, things like that. And I know yeah. that Trujillo was a rapist. And I know that he was he tortured lots of women. Um, so, like, I, I get it in that respect. But they represent so much more to me yeah. than just that. And I feel like... Um, I feel like that victimizes them a little bit. Oh, yes, yes. And, that... I, and I do want to talk about the mo- movie because I feel like the characters created in the book were more in power than the ones in the film. Like I agree. Um, it, it very much feels like, you know, um, Leo who's based off of Pericles Franco or Pericleto, um, who's a real-life person, but um, Virgilio Morales is, um, um, is like, a, an, like a version of him. Um, he seems to, like, awaken Minerva yeah. to the resistance. And I I mean, he, he, he was definitely her into the actual organized resistance. Yeah, but she was already interested. But so she, yeah, so when she like, met him, she was like drawn to him because of what she could learn from him and we learn in the book that she was never really in love with him yeah that didn't come across and i know it's like it's a fictional retelling so the film you know took its own liberties and they were you know but i really thought the narrative in the story was so much better and i really enjoyed like yeah i agree like minerva gets slapped at one point by her father and um it's because he's been hiding leo's letters to her and i in the, in the book, she gets real pissed off, and she's like, you know, I feel like all of the women in the film and were just so much more And she drives a muted. truck, and yeah, and it's, well, yeah, there's some. She discovers that he has a second family, which yeah. is totally covered, and it's like it's that thing that we get an insight to all of their domestic struggles. They're, they're people, and they're revolutionaries. Yes, and absolutely. we lose which, that, in which the is film. what everyone is like, yeah. regardless if you're male, female, or you know, all the in between. You're never just one thing, like you. Always, everyone, regardless of what they're going through, which was covered really well in Half of the Yellow Sun, like, regardless of if you're living in a war zone, you still have to feed yourself. You still have to try, try and clean yourself. You still have to try and clothe yourself. You still want to look beautiful. Yeah. You, you, still, you still are a human being. 
Exactly. And I, and I feel like we lose that because like when I think about people like um, Greta Thunberg, who is obviously an incredible activist, I think that we talk about her so much in terms of her activism that we forget that she's a person. And I think that the film does that a bit to yeah. to, to the women. We forget that they were people. Yeah. And Greta Thunberg even talks about that herself. Like, she's only 18 now, I think. Yeah. And she's like, it shouldn't be on me to be telling you all of this. Like, she's like, I'm not a scientist. I am a very well-educated teenager, but I'm here because none of you adults are doing what you should be doing. And she says that herself. And but we've all, we've grandized her to be like the voice of a generation, which she absolutely is. But it's just because she feels like she, she has to be. She has to be because and no one else. Is, and that, yeah. Yeah, that's what happened to the women, exactly. Especially like Maria Theresa and Patria. Like Minerva was always drawn to, towards political revolution, but they really got drawn into it because of a necessity, and you lose that in the film. Yeah. And we also lose some of the agency of Minerva in the dice scene because in the book. Um, yeah, it's she. She she makes she, a really good calculation. Yeah, she 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 beats him by logic. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a gamble for her. No, like in the yeah in the book, she can see the different weights of the dice, and so if you haven't read it, you should read it. But she picks them up, and she knows that they've been loaded, so that when she rolls, she'll get a seven, and so she'll you know be able to beat um, Trujillo. And he does stalemate her. Yeah, he does stalemate her because he also knows he uses the same loaded dice. Yeah, which isn't that's not covered in the. Film and yeah. yeah, I definitely I agree that they they take a lot of the agency away. Yeah, and I don't know why it isn't until like more than halfway through the film that we really see Minerva come into her own. Yeah, this is what and worries me. Like this is something that worries me if if people only see the films and TV shows. Like while there are still very awesome empowered women, it's not to the same depth. Is in novels, and I I really worry that people are, are, are you know culture pop culture feeds into society and society feeds into pop culture and I the what what you expose yourself to is kind of what you even subconsciously believe and what you reinforce into the world and mm. so I worry like to me that's why it's so important to read um, diverse literature because it's you know you're hearing all those narratives that aren't part of you like they even talk about this. In the book, because they come from a wealthier family, and so they've been able to kind of ignore a lot of the sufferings that have been going on during the regime. And it's not until they go to the school that they're really exposed to a lot of it, mm. and they realise the bullshit that they've been fed. Yeah, and it takes time. For it that. does take time because you're being brainwashed, and so you have to Because even after Minerva hears the story uh, that Sunita tells her, yeah. she kind of like doesn't want to believe it because it doesn't work with the narrative of the life that she wants yeah. to lead. And why would you want to believe it? Yeah, you know. And it's not until their friend, the beautiful, I want to say Lena, Lena, yeah. yeah, is taken away as a teenager, which they show quite well in the film actually because she's so young and Trujillo is so old, and it's fucking disgusting. But she's taken away, but she actually loves him, and she is like, you know, um, I want to be with you, and he, but he already, like, ah, he's, ah, God, it's all so upsetting, sorry. But there's an, there's, there's an unequal power imbalance, like, Absolutely, but between them, so it's not really, she's not really consenting to the marriage. Not, no, it's doesn't not get, marriage. It's not marriage, no. The relationship. Yeah, no, and I, I'm just telling, I'm just telling myself that she loved him to make myself feel better. Okay. Uh, okay, I'll just tell you who's in the film. Um, yeah, it was directed by uh, Mariano Barroso, 
who I don't know particularly well, I kind of went down um, a rabbit hole here looking at Salma Hayek, who plays Minerva. Uh, Beautiful, talented Salma Hayek. <laughs> so awesome. I loved her. Um, did you ever see um, Desperado or What's Put a Time in Mexico? It's a weird trilogy. I just shook my head, you know, for the for the people who can't see me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did my response indicate that you shook your head? It doesn't matter. Um, it's got Antonio Banderas in it. And she, she's in it. And it's this weird trilogy because the first one was kind of made by the director as like his own project. And then it just got really popular. And the third film has Johnny Depp in it. And it's just, it got really weirdly Hollywood by the end. But if you watch all three of them, the tone is just so odd. And it's actually, it's quite violent. But Antonio Banderas' character, um, he's real fucked up because his family's been murdered by someone. I don't think it's a dictator, but I think it's maybe like a gang lord or something. And his guitar... Sometimes he, he he walks around carrying a guitar, guitar case, and sometimes it's got a guitar in it, and sometimes it's loaded up with bullets, and it's a big-ass gun, and it's just like, I remember loving it, but it also really upset me, and then we see Once Upon a Time Mexico, which I think is actually a prequel to the second film, um, where you see his family get murdered and stuff, and it just, I don't know, it really, I saw it when I was too young, and it impacted me, and... That's what rabbit hole I went down because I, I forgot about that film hmm. and Selma Hayek is in that with him. Right. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could comment more, but I've, I've not seen them. No. I mean, should we watch Should them? we visit them? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Lumi Cavazos plays uh, Patria. Um, Mia Mestro plays uh, Mate, Maria Therese. Um, so beautiful as well. All of the women. Very beautiful. Uh, Dede, who really doesn't have much to do in the film at all. Yeah. Does she? Um, is played by Pilar Padilla. Um, and she's the one who survived. Um, and survived in real life. She um, passed away in 2014. I think it's such a shame that we lose so much of her character because... I love how much she's in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a real tragedy to surviving. Absolutely. Ah, uh, I would say it's a different version of hell yeah you know it, I, it would be so easy to lose yourself in yep. that much grief totally and i'm sure lost her father and her three sisters to the regime like yeah whew. i would imagine and her brother-in-law yeah like she raised all of her sister's children. children yeah yeah and i don't know for me, I don't know why I have this thing because children aren't you. They're not an extension of you. They're their own being. But I, like when I learn about people that I admire having children and carrying on, I, I like it because I'm like, oh, good, there's more of them doing good in the world. And obviously mm. that's not true, but, you know. But they did. I take they, a lot of, they, um, yeah, they went into. Went into politics. And yeah. yeah. How, you know, it took 30 years after Trujillo's assassination for them to establish a democracy. But yeah, it did happen. It did. And I. Yeah, and for me that always gives me a little bit of hope. And I, when we were reading, um, oh goodness, who wrote Little Woman? Louisa May Alcott. Yeah, she didn't have children. Yeah. And that makes me a little bit sad because yeah. I love her so much. Mm. And so, you know, and uh, that's just a weird thing that my brain thinks about. Um, Edward James Elmos played Trujillo um, and turns out like he's quite, quite well suited for the dictatorship role. I... Um, read about in 1992 and 1997 two different women 
um, laid sexual assault charges against him. Um, one of them, he paid out $150,000, not because apparently it was true, but to protect his son. And I'm like, I just don't believe that. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm, yeah. Uh, Manalo, who was married to Minerva, played by uh, Demian Bircher, and Leo uh, was played by Mark Anthony. Singer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's that's a real Mark Anthony. Like, why is it that I know that name? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like I said, the book um, is written over decades of time, um, which really gives us... And the book kind of does that. Like, we see the girls skipping together and that kind of thing, and we get them kind of as teenagers going to school, and then by the end of it, they're their full lead female characters. But... yeah. Yeah, it definitely wasn't to the same depth. Like, I, I I, don't... I should have been crying. Like, I should have been bawling at parts of the film. Like, it... I don't know. I just don't think it, it was as powerful as it should be. Absolutely. This book affected me. Yeah. And it, I think it'll continue to affect me. I have been... Anybody who um, studies with me can attest to the fact that I have been telling everyone to read this book. Yeah, sorry. Um, 6.7 on IMDb and 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think... Okay, so let's, you know, now's the time. Let's turn to it as a film. As a film, considering the budget, considering that it was essentially made for TV, considering its demographic and support, like, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Seven? Yeah. Um, Out of ten? I'm, it's, we're comparing it to the book, which is a masterpiece. Yes. Um, Some some people criticize it, saying it didn't include enough of the historical context. I don't agree with that, because... Like I said, I feel like the author's intention was to create the full human um, yes. and, and show how... Because you could watch a documentary if you wanted to learn about the historical context. Like This was this is about the... The lives. The, the lives of the whole women. whole people. Yeah. It's a holistic take. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciated that because now I'm obsessed with them. I want to know everything about them. Mm. Um, I think they're, you know, they're going to be a mini obsession in my life and I'm always going to come back to them. I... They're just women I would have loved looking up to as a young girl. Yeah. Um, if I had known about them, I would have loved studying this book. It's so weird to me that I've never heard of them before. Like, you know, and I know that we weren't born until the 90s. But, you know, my grandparents would have been, like, adult people. Mm-hmm. Like, this would have been something that they consciously would have experienced and known about in the Dominica- Dominican Republic. And I, they might not have heard about it though. I don't know how much international coverage happened in New Zealand in the 1960s. I just find that so messed up though. Like I find that so bullshit. If a country doesn't know about this, it's because they're not. They don't want to know about it. Mm. And I definitely feel disappointed considering how much the United States affected the Dominican Republic and whether or not, like, yeah. how long it took them to intervene and take take. Yeah. This is a completely um, just another because they they I mean they they had they had military intervention and they helped facilitate dictatorships in the South America. So the like, US did. Yeah, the US is. <laughs> they have a what a speckled past. Yeah, is that what you would say? We also lose um, any conversation about the Haitian massacre in this film, uh, which is a bit a bit sad because that is quite tragic. Um, and the June fourteenth massacre as well which is what their movement was eventually named after june 14th was the name of the movement anytime we say dominican republic 
I think of that scene in Star Wars where the guy's like, we are now the Federation of the Republic. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. So as a film, I didn't mind the framing device at the beginning um, of whenever being in the present. Sure. I didn't like all the slow-mo. I didn't like all the slow-mo. Um, I thought they did a pretty good job like recognising that it was going to be a 90-minute film of um, shortening and combining the scenes from their childhood. I definitely think they tried really hard to stay close to the book in that regard. Um, I I feel like we get, you know, the second person that we get the most interesting information about is Maria Teresa. Yeah. Um, and we get, like, half of that for Patreon and half again for um, Dede, which is really sad. I I think it moves at a pretty good pace. I, I really enjoyed the final scene when they're about to get murdered and each sister was doing what represented who they were. So Patria was praying, um, Mate was upset and crying totally, of course, she's about to be murdered. And um, Minerva's looking kind of defiantly before she closes her eyes. I kind of wanted her to leave her eyes open, like, and, like, face her murderer. I, I wouldn't, when, as we got further into the film, I was wondering how they were going to portray the murder. Um, And they kind of do a slow motion thing where we see the murderers swinging the batons. They clubs them like seals, is what it reminded me of. Yeah, but we don't see them, which I wouldn't want to. But it didn't have the impact no. that it that it it should have had, and I'm not sure um, what the what the right answer to that is. Well, what I would have liked, because what I would have liked is what this is what I would have done um, instead of doing that slow mo and then kind of f- like panning up to the sky to see butterflies flying away which I think was a representation of their spirits being set free Mm. I would have made the murder scene a lot more violent um, and made it much more like disturbing and upsetting Um, and then not ended the film there I would have then shown the after effect so that we could grieve with um, Mama and Dede to see you know how they then you could see them crying and that would have impacted the the audience more and then you would watch the fall of Trujillo to Trujillo. Trujillo to make um the film not have a real depressing ending so kind of uplifting it a little bit and you could then show the husbands like you know and I know that the the three sisters are the main characters of the film so that's kind of why it ended there but you could then show the husband's release and like there, there was just there were other ways to end it I agree with the way I like. Yeah, I I knew they were gonna do like the text thing, but I wanted more information about Julio's yeah. fall. Yeah, um, so that would have been like, and that's what I would have done, and it would have been like, you could have made the death so much sadder then, but still. Um, what we needed was something in between what we got. We needed to see them. We didn't need to see them being beaten, maybe from a distance, and then we needed a close up of their bodies, yeah, like bleeding and, and sweating and crying. Um, Indeed. And then, like, and then maybe you know, a pan away to the murderers of the final blow. Yeah. Uh, um, for each of them, Cause because the film... because we get more gore for Manolo's torturing. Yeah, exactly. And he's not even he. I mean, I'm sure he was tortured, but the significant torture that we read about in the book is actually Maria Teresa's, 
And Maria Teresa is tortured and her husband, Leandro, watches because they want him to give up the names for a book that they're creating, um, tracking all of uh, the all of the members the of the resistance. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, and he does because he's watching his wife be tortured. Yeah. Um, which is tragic. And Maria Teresa is an absolute powerhouse dealing yeah. with that. Yeah. And... And we, we lose that. And we also lose... We, we, it's sort of touched on um, with uh, Minerva saying that, that the sound and the light. But we lose a lot of the PTSD that she suffers. Yeah. Um, you see out of it very briefly where she won't get out of bed. And yeah. she references how everything is too much because she was sent into... Um, Solitary confinement yeah, quite regularly. Yeah, in prison. Yeah, I, I definitely... I don't... The film overall... Uh, wasn't as strong or as powerful as it definitely could have been. And, I, like, I don't know a lot about the director, and I definitely appreciate that um, they were on a tight budget, but that doesn't mean you can't... Like, we, you know, we watched um, once, and that had... It's not about the budget, you know? Yeah. You can make something really amazing on your phone. I think the screenplay was lacking. I think it was a little bit too linear for me, because yes. the book kind of moved forward and backwards a bit. Totally. Um, There's nothing wrong with time jumps. I did find the time jumps were quite frequent in the book. And for me, it was easier to place. Like, the dates didn't really mean anything to me. It was just um, hearing the way the narrative was being spoken. I knew the um, maturity level of the yeah. the, the narrator. Like, but, um, yeah, I did. They, uh, yeah. I mean, we said it at the beginning. Like, the film was too short and it was a weird choice for us because there was so much more to tell so it's like why are you cutting it out yeah yeah mm. what a story <laughs> it's just it makes I- me feel reflective I feel the exact same way. Like, I just feel... Yeah, kind of lost in my thoughts. I can't help but wonder how I would behave and act in a regime like that. I know that I would probably maybe be quite selfish at times. Something that was also cut from the book, which I really loved, was um, when Minerva... cut from the film. Yeah, cut from the film, sorry. When Minerva discovers her father's second family Mm. she is mad at him and then she sees herself and her sisters and it's such a cool parallel because there's four daughters again but they're poor and they're rejected because they're not you know the wife and the children of this i also thought their house would be nicer i don't know if i was misunderstanding how wealthy they were i know they were upper middle class but um it doesn't matter. The, the, just their standard of upper middle class might be different from our standard of upper middle class. Yeah, totally. Because totally. it's all relative. They, and, they, you know, they had all the clothes and food and everything that they wanted. Like, yeah. For me, I, I guess the landscaping is what I'm referring to, but that's yeah. very Western, you know, British European. Um, but Minerva and... Is it Dee actually? Who gives money to the daughters and the eldest ends up becoming a pharmacy technician... And I thought that that was so wonderful and beautiful because, like, 
her father did something that really hurt her and made a lot of mistakes but she wasn't punishing the daughters for it Mm -hmm. and even Patria talks later on the novel about you know the pride that she had to let go of to accept them as her half-sisters which is what they are yeah and they end up being part of the salvation for the women in jail they help get them the packages um, the packages and I like I love that yeah and I thought that that was so like yeah like just the internal strength and the power of women I just am in awe of it so often and I feel humbled by it Hmm. yeah that's That's why I think I read that passage um, thinking about the revolution starting with the women in prison bonding um, was really beautiful there were so many themes in the book you know um, they spent a lot of time thinking about how they're going to forgive each other how the Dominican Republic is going to heal yeah well they're going to have to Um, and they you know they talk about what they want it to be Um, they talk about the different types of um, of of prisons, you know, mental prisons and physical prisons and mm. um, structural prisons like the government and um, so so many aspects are touched on in the book that combine different perspectives and realities. Martyrdom, you know, who who lost more? Was it the three sisters for losing their life or was it Dede for having to live without them? having to carry on, knowing that she survived in part because of her cowardice. It's a great question. Or or was she never a coward because somebody had to live on to tell their story and to raise their children? It's a great question. <laughs> I don't think we're going to answer the question. I'm just saying, like, I, I feel like the book is just so... It, it asks bigger questions, you know, and that's why I liked it. It wasn't just the questions about about the revolution, what freedom looks like. It was the questions about life and what life should look like, what family should look like, what what forgiveness looks like. And I, you know, it's that whole thing where we get to see them as whole people. Mm, absolutely. Um, and I think that's why I feel so connected to them because they're asking questions that I ask myself. They're, you know, we're right in the thick of the mid-range of the median of ages of the women so um I, I feel very connected to them yeah Mate was murdered when she was only 25 oh. and she already had two babies yeah it's too young it's too young <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah um I also really appreciated um hearing about Patria's story with religion because I yeah I'm very atheist and I have a, I have my own prejudice against religion that I um you know am going through and it's a journey because I have beautiful friends who um are Christian and we have really good discussions but I really enjoyed the way that she found her way in and out of faith mm. 
It grew. It grew, but it changed. It changed. Yeah, and it, because at times she felt really disconnected from it, like when she lost her son, like a newborn, like it's really hard to believe in a higher power when you're grieving. Yeah, grieving an infant, a newborn. But I really enjoyed hearing about what it meant to her. Yeah. And I know that the Dominican Republic, overall, like, it seems to be a very religious place. Um, from, you know, the school that the girls go to and everything like that. And the sanctity of marriage and washing people's feet as they come into church and that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know, I, I enjoyed that telling of a religious experience and journey for someone. Like, to me, it's, it felt very real. It didn't feel like some of the things that you get told or the way that religion is seen, hmm. you know? I absolutely loved all the journeys that the women go on. But, yeah, I, I've, I, I enjoyed Patria's journey a lot. Yeah. I, but I thought at the beginning that Minerva was going to be the oldest because I just made the assumption that the oldest would join the revolution, but that's not how it works at all and I and it's a weird assumption for me to make because I'm I'm the I'm a younger sibling um but you know I'm very different from my brother and and yeah it's it was a funny thing to think about and I was like oh no she's the oldest and then I think it makes sense the way things uh turned out Mm. um well Dede talks about being the peacemaker right Mm. as kind of the second oldest and then Minerva's like the youngest, the youngest for a really long time, and they often are fiery, and then, you know, she wants to debate with everybody. And then Maria Teresa is the proper youngest and quite the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. And so she joined, I'm sure she joined in part of wanting to prove herself. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and wanting her older sisters to see her as uh, a woman. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. What do you reckon? Revamp, remake, remake, retire. Retire. Oh, got it. Yeah. One, two, two three. three. Remake. remake. Oh, which one? Remake is like start over. Yeah, sorry, start over. Remake. Yeah. I always get those confused. That's okay. Uh, make it a TV series. Well, we always say miniseries. I think you could take this as a film. I think that I'd be willing to sit like an hour more screen time with the right script. Yeah. You know, somebody who... who um, Who would we like to see remake this? I don't feel we, like I can say yeah, because I don't feel don't, like I know enough. Yeah. Um, directors. Directors. Yeah, who totally. would be you know, yeah, right. appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely remake it. Like I think it's, you know, it was made in two thousand and one. It's been over twenty years. Um, yeah. It's definitely. I would want the right filmmaker to remake it. Like I think I have a fear right now. Um, because I feel like feminism has become capitalized and commercialized. And, <laughs> as and well as the rainbow community. Yeah. And I, I feel like you could very easily pay lip service to this story without understanding it or taking the, 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 the time to understand it. And that would be my fear. Yeah, I understand that. I have a fear of that for a very different reason for the last Airbender live-action TV series that they're making. Yeah. I don't know, why are people so good at destroying the hearts of things? It's almost like they don't know why it was successful I don't want this to be commercialized. If this gets picked up again, I want it to be picked up by, like, an indie filmmaker. Yeah. Like, I 
I don't want to see Disney's version of this. That would be so inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like. Uh, I don't. I can't think of anything else to say. Like I. I just feel very. Um, yeah, humbled by it. It's not something that I say a lot. That word. But it, it, there is a weight to it. Yeah. There's a weight to having lost these women. It feels. You know, to un- having it feels ha- unjust to me. Yeah, like I, I feel like I knew them. I feel like they were my sisters. I see so much of the relationship that I had with my sisters in this book, and I. Um, Uh, there's something incredibly tragic about their deaths Um, something that's more than what I'm able to articulate And 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 I know that we get that because Julia Alvarez painted them as whole people with whole dreams outside of the revolution and the dramatic irony is done so well mm. <laughs> leading up to their deaths and you do you just you want to tell them not to get in the car just, just stay home and they don't and um, maybe it's maybe it's that thing where you know this kind of racism and um this kind of world isn't gone yet you know from the world mm. there are still dictatorships and there are still um, revolutions yeah revolutions that need to be fought in one and mm. also you know governments listening in and taking too much power and a lack of freedom I know that we're we, we are getting better you know um Minerva would make a kick-ass lawyer today, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think she'd be proud of some of, like... Um, I wish that her and uh, RGB could have met. Mm. RBG, yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, yeah. yeah. Um, I think she would be proud of what women have achieved. Yeah. But I wanna. I feel like I wanna. I wanna build the world that they deserved to have experienced. Mm. I wanna give that to them. So is it a little bit of a white savior complex, maybe? It's a big thing to I, think you can. I don't think it's just racism though. Like I think. I want. proper freedom like I think about how often refugees are imprisoned and how many families are separated at the border I think about how much slavery exists today I think it's so weird that countries like even Aotearoa has a, a number of refugees we take every year and I'm like what the fuck like that seems bullshit to me like you can't just put a cap on people who are fleeing from war. 
I think it's complicated because I would argue that like larger countries have with more resources have more responsibility I think they do um, I think I think they do I yeah but yeah yeah I, I don't want to save them as a white person like I want to be a part of the the that current definitely that connects women that um, Maria Teresa spoke of in the passage that I read yeah like as a woman yeah as a woman yeah I think I think that's a good place to end hmm. let's do some capitalist stuff and play well, <laughs> vlog our next episode uh, it feels gross I don't yeah. want to um we would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, we won't plug our Patreon or anything, but we would love to hear your thoughts about this book. If you if you knew about it, um, if you heard about the sisters, if you're now obsessed with the sisters like I am, um, please reach out to us. Tell us um, if you've read any other of Julia Alvarez's other books. Um, I, I definitely want to become a, a major I love fan. that you're looking at the laptop right now like you're talking to people. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's exactly what you're yeah, doing. That's, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. Maybe you read this in school. I know that some people did get the opportunity to read this in school. I didn't. Um, I didn't. Should we give a shout out to a recent fan who sent us an email? Or... Sharice? Yeah. Yeah, Sharice sent us a beautiful fan email. Uh, thank you so much. It was such a such a treasure. Yeah, what happened if you wanted to know? So I woke up and I was just checking my phone and I said to Brie, I was like, are you ready to start your day off right? And Brie thought I was going to show her like a stupid meme or something. She's always showing me cat videos. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I like a good cat video, I'm just saying. Um, they. They, yeah. Yeah. And then I show Brie um, the email and she's like, I, wa- I get to watch her because I've already read it and I get to watch her face like Brie makes this big mouth thing when she's just like, ah! Um, so yeah, thank you very much for that. It was very kind. Mm. It was very nice. It was very, it was very validating for us. Absolutely. It's great. Thank so, you so much. Yep. Uh, if you want to see, we're huge email, fans of yours. <laughs> um, we're good for uh, supporting essays. If anyone's keen, um, <laughs> you can reference. I feel like my dreams come true yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah, you, as an, you as an English teacher, um, chapter one, take two at outlook.com if you want to email us, but yeah. Um, yeah, this was our last episode of season two. What a episode, what a book, what a story. Um, we, next week we'll be doing like a recap episode, just going through and kind of talking about our favorites of season two. Next week we'll be doing Frankenstein. Yeah, but then we'll do this one. Then we'll do at yeah. some point. Yeah. Frankenstein for our 2021 um, book to stage adaptation. Yes. Yeah. Um, we just saw that. We might watch the film. We might watch the film. We just saw that at the court theatre and we definitely have some thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, you'll have to tune in next time to hear about that. But until then, take care of yourself and um, keep fighting the good fight. It, what, what, what I always take away from stories like this is that no resistance is too small. Mm-hmm. Like it's all about choices we make every day absolutely and um make sure you get enough sleep it's very important for your immune system especially and and get your vaccine yeah get your COVID. brie and i are pro we're on the wait list right now yeah get your covid vaccine um wear your mask cough into your elbow wash your hands with soap this is a medical (laughs) 
<laughs> podcast. Okay, I'll stop yammering now. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey, Connor. Hey, Connor. Oh, no. <laughs> yes.